are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. That is most unfortunate, sir. Although, I must admit, I'm not sure why you're telling me this. Do you need something? Is there some way I can best support you? No. I'm just crabby. And I need to tell you that I'm crabby. Hmm. Well, I validate your crabbiness and your right to feel your feelings. Um, and now I have a question. Have you been to see Bones... Surely he could offer you something for your, um, discontentedness? He's just so, like, hard to talk to, you know? Yes, I do know. Well, perhaps then the best thing to do, sir, is to just start the show. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, everybody! I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher convalescent and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I am Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer. And I must admit, this conversation feels alarmingly familiar. Hmm. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Captain, I don't mean to blame the victim, but have you been taking care of yourself? Hmm? You know, self-care, specifically of the boring variety? Ugh, how many times do I have to tell you that I can't stand things that are boring? That feels like something worth circling back to for another time. Our bi-weekly couples counseling with Counselor Troy, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but for now... Yes. Boring self-care. Have you been eating food, drinking water, sleeping, taking nice hot baths? Hmm. Like with The Witcher? Yes. Just like that. <laughs> that's, that's some good bathing. <laughs> um, I, I do. I make a concerted effort um, to do my boring self-care things. Um, I think that really, when you live in the Midwest in the winter, you can't just do your boring self care like at its uh at at its standard level. You have to do boring self care at eleven. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, think of it like back in the days when you and I studied math. Maybe I was the only one paying attention. Um, but like, you know, like <laughs> taking numbers to the power of 10. Uh, when you live in a colder climate, you, yeah, like you definitely have to kind of take your boring self-care to the power of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I would say that I have not been powering up <sighs> in those numbers. 
When you said that, I just envisioned like a, a power pack. I don't know, maybe like Tony Stark <laughs> style being like, yeah, I'm just going to strap this on. A strap now, on the power pack. Now I'm double boosted. I'm ready to go. See, when you said that, I thought of Emmett and his special piece on his back. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look very similar. <laughs> <laughs> they do look very similar. They're both vaguely um, rectangular. Mm-hmm. Um, something someone brought to my attention recently I thought was just inspired. And I'm sorry to whoever said it to me that I can't remember who you were. Um, that... Because I was saying, well, you know, I really, I wish I lived in Hawaii or something, but surely I would also get sick in Hawaii. And this person said, well, I mean, that's true, like, illness exists, but part of why we get so sick so often in the winter in cold climates is because we are all forced together in confined spaces for long periods of time. And then my mind went to cruise ships, which creep me the fuck out because oh, of the amount sh- of togetherness with our germs we are. You know, that's very you to have thought of that. And now <laughs> that you have said it, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of humans in very close proximity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so if I did live in Hawaii, then I would probably be outside more often. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't be indoors in confined spaces with other humans so much. Well, and the other thing too that I've heard about like when you live in a climate that is more consistently warm is that it because it is like consistently warm, your like body and its immune system are not impacted by like ex- like extreme highs and extreme lows and that that's mm. the other thing that can be really hard is when when like the weather changes drastically in a like i mean in the midwest it can do that in a matter of hours right mm-hmm. um and so it's very hard then for the body to try to continue to keep adjusting to that and that too makes us more susceptible to all manner of viral illnesses so what I'm hearing is my plan to move to Hawaii is going to save my life. I mean, I think it's a very reasonable thing to consider. Um, as, I, as I think you know, the, our producer and I have considered off and on moving to Hawaii and like presently are just closet full of medications. And I, <laughs> I do mean a closet full. Uh, listeners, we're we at the, the po- illest podcast ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll circle back to that. But I, I want to just like make it clear that like it is a whole closet of medication. And recently we were like, you know, we need to like, we need like another closet or a different shelving setup to accommodate everything because we, we runneth over with, um, medications but presently they're they're allowing us to like still live in the midwest and be Mm -hmm. relatively um illness free but you know like at some point that may change um Mm -hmm. and i mean certainly i mean who knows what's going to happen in a geopolitical sense but putting that aside (laughs) i think my research into hawaii says that could be an amazing option for all three of our immune systems (laughs) yeah that would be great 
Um, and I, I know they are they are constantly hiring for MFTs. Oh. Yeah, so. Okay. If we have any listeners in Hawaii. Well, in the next 10 years, listeners, we may be at a practice near you. <laughs> 2030. Hawaii, 2030. <laughs> I love it. Blue Box Hawaii, 2030. Like like a banner, and we just like run through it. Yay! (laughs) Yes, I do do not mean to freak out any of my clients who are listening. This is not a plan that is happening. No. Anytime soon. No time soon. This is the long con. The long, you know, and and so far, things seem to be working out for us in terms of long cons. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we're just going to keep keep taking our time, keep moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, but circling back to self-care and in the Midwest in particular, not only is this a time when, as you said, we need to like power up our self-care. I think it's also mm-hmm. a time of year where it seems like it is uniquely difficult for folks to do even basic self-care. February and March <laughs> are, I think, I think pretty universally acknowledged to be the two roughest months in yeah, the January Midwest. sucks too uh I mean it, it does but I I think like at least for some people it seems like they still have like the afterglow of whatever New Year's parties they did in Chicago mm. it also feels like people tend to take like longer vacations into the January month mm. so I think it like breaks it up for people mm. um but like yeah February and March it's just it, it also feels like it's kind of like the the apex of seasonal affective disorder more commonly known as seasonal depression. And like people just, they feel so like weighted down. They're tired. They have low motivation. It starts to feel like, why bother having that bowl of soup? I want to have something that sparks at least the memory of joy. I'm going to go for the Taco (laughs) Bell. And let me be clear, this is not a calorie thing. Here in the Starship Therapies, we believe that calories are not helpful they're an unhelpful metric. They don't tell you mm-hmm. anything. Um, this, is, this is really more about like paying attention to, from like an intuitive eating perspective, maybe like what are foods that are going to be helpful to you. Um, and like it's hard to go for the soups or mm-hmm. anything homemade in February and March, in part because like we're all just so tired. Yeah, and... Making food is hard. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, even for people for whom, like, preparing meals sparks joy, Mm -hmm. it's effort. You have to, you have to think about what you're going to make. You have to have all the ingredients to make that. You need to have the energy left over at the end of your day to prepare it. Yeah. My gods. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that all those like meal service 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 options like what is it like hello fresh and blue plate they, and... they they haven't given us any money yet. No. No, they haven't. <laughs> so this is not an ad. This is just me being a, a human of the world in 2020 and knowing that they exist. I think that's part of why they have they've caught on. Is because as you're saying, like it is so, it feels like so much 
to procure ingredients and compile them and then find a recipe, like all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not me hating on you if you use any of these services. This is me naming that I'm not able to do that because what happens for me is then I start to worry about, am I adding to waste? Yeah, you know, actually, those those meal services have been incredibly beneficial to people. I mean, I've recommended yes. them to clients before. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for clients who are just like, well, it's just too hard, so I just don't eat. Like, oh, hey there, friend. Um, can we find the gray area? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's something between preparing lavish home-cooked meals and n- just not eating. Right. And HelloFresh could be that in-between place, you know? Yes. And, and while I have, like, my own anxieties – if you're a longtime listener, you know that like on a regular basis, I'm very, I'm very worried about the planet. And I'm constantly <laughs> trying to think of like new things I can do. Um, recently, I splurged on some linen napkins. Um, because I was like, oh, we don't need we're, we don't need paper towels. Think of all the trees. <laughs> some things I did not consider when I made that switch was how often I use paper towels to clean things. Mm hmm. And I'm not going to use the new linen napkins to do that. So my point in talking about all of this is to name that, like, if you, like myself, are also really concerned about the planet, I don't think the answer is to say, I'm just not going to eat. (laughs) Because you are an important part of what makes the world the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like, we're at a point in time where we really, we have to kind of like pick our battles, but also kind of hold space for inter- like climate. We're going to show up for the planet by showing up imperfectly. So if mm-hmm. it's really going to help you to do one of those, those like those meal box options, do that, mm-hmm. do yeah. that. And then find a way that find a different way to be making more sustainable choices. You know, maybe you decide to cut back on buying things from Amazon because they're the literal worst. Um, maybe you too look to linen napkins. Maybe you decide you're not going to use straws anymore. Maybe you start a, like a recycling campaign at your office. The thing is to do any of those things that I just listed off, you know what you need to do first? Eat. Eat. <laughs> yes, I feel, I feel that Amazon thing. So, <laughs> pref- I, like, I... I have given Jeff Bezos a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know. Uh, before we we segue. Oh, speaking of Jeff, really quickly, if I can find mm-hmm. it, folks, I'm going to put a link in the liner notes. If you mm-hmm. haven't played it already, there's this amazing and very short like game out there that's basically the conceit of it is that you are Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and you get to decide what to do with like his billions upon billions of dollars. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great, like, political critique of our times while also being a very enjoyable game. So I will, I'll try to do that in the liner notes. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I was just going to tell you, do you know that there are reusable paper towels? No. Yeah. Uh, they, so they're fabric, obviously, and then they've got either, um, snaps or Velcro, so you can, like, actually put them on a roll. Wow. 
And like, obviously you are wasting water to wash them, but if you're already washing clothes and you're just throwing them in with the clothes, that's maybe sure. not, that maybe feels better. Oh, I love this. Thank you. I'm going to have to Google this after the show. <laughs> <laughs> and see, some of you may be thinking right now, huh, this is not exciting, scintillating content that I've come to expect from the Starship Therapies. We hope that you're not, but maybe you are. And here's the thing. That's okay, because what we're talking about today is called boring self-care for a reason. <laughs> it's not sexy. I, I don't know. S snaps and Velcro, that's pretty sexy. <laughs> well, I could see how we could take it to a sexy place. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could call them, uh, we could call them tear away. <laughs> <laughs> They're tearaway towels. You know, I do sometimes feel like in an alternate reality where you, where you're like dark Justine or like shadow Justine, <laughs> you, you like worked for some, you were some like big marketing exec. Oh, I, you know, I could have, I could have gone that way. No, you sure could have. <laughs> like your puns, your quips, your jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I always loved um, whichever Muppet movie it was when Kermit is the marketing executive. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the title, but I do remember that movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm also thinking of the one where Miss Piggy gets accused of being a jewel thief, but she's the victim <laughs> of a jewel thief. A totally, a totally different Muppet film. But you, like, you make a good point, sir, that I think even in boring self-care, there can be a way to maybe, if, if not sex it up, at least make it feel a little bit more exciting. Um, and I mean, you need look no further than Geralt of Rivia to see how sexy <laughs> boring self-care can be. I mean, mm -hmm. Batman is the poster person for self-care he is like whether it's in the books well actually I, I don't know if this is in the books because i haven't gotten to them yet but i know that in both the television series on netflix and in the video game like in between you know like fighting battles and looking for siri and trying to decide which woman he should go with it's yennefer it's obviously yennefer um <laughs> but like in between all of this and helping dandelion and then telling dandelion off and repairing the relationship with him he his having all manner of sexy baths. Mm -hmm. He goes and he gets his hair cut. He keeps his beard trimmed. He is so into bathing that uh, like one of his witcher comrades like makes fun of him for like being too clean. <laughs> is that on the show or the game? It's in the game with Witcher 3. <laughs> um, yeah, one of his really good buzz is like, dude, really with the baths? <laughs> and Geralt is just like, yeah, this is who I am. What of it? Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think we could do a little inferring mm -hmm. that, I mean, Geralt has been alive a long ass time. That's a great point. And, and he, ha he has the benefit of a long life of experience to know what works for him and helps him live his, his best witcher life. I love and that. <laughs> I, uh, well, I saw you giggle and I was like, did you just get a text or am I funny? <laughs> no, no, you're funny. And I also like my brain is just a little slower today. And I wanted to remember which friend it was. And it's mm -hmm. his friend, Vesemir. 
No, oh, okay. Give some shit about it. <laughs> So uh, when people say like, oh, I'm too old to make changes, I'm like, no, no, you have the benefit of life experience to make changes. Who better to make changes than people who have lived and experienced, right? That is such a great reframe. It also reminds me a lot of, and this is sort of a left turn, but I promise it'll loop us back around, the uh, dialectical behavior therapy skill known as problem solving. And I think it's like step four of the problem solving skill that says like well i'll just like go through it very briefly in case any of Mm -hmm. our folks are interested the first step is you need to identify the problem the second step which i love is you have to determine if it's a problem that you're empowered to solve right because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you've identified that like i don't know that maybe your best friend needs to fix their macbook camera um do it before he got sick i know you are that's true it just works for this example if you're not empowered if that's not your macbook you're not you've identified a problem that does not belong to you you are not empowered to fix it um and then the, the third one is like you brainstorm all options great and small silly and smart and then the fourth one is that you got to try it out and then the fifth one you go back and you kind of like reevaluate and you're like how did this go this fits in with what you're saying about experience because like at when you are as old as Geralt is, you've had so much experience to try out all these different approaches. And mm-hmm. you now have the wisdom that comes from that kind of learning. Yeah. Thank you, Geralt of Rivia, for teaching us all sexy lessons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Sometimes... It's also steeped in our culture, the mm-hmm. the type of self-care that we engage in, right? Because when I think about bathing, what also comes to my mind is Miyazaki's Spirited Away, which oh, is centered sure. around a bathhouse, which was very confusing to me the first time I heard about this because I was not familiar with, with the cultural bathing. And I heard bathhouse... And and my head definitely went to like 1980s mm-hmm. gay bathhouse scene. Sure. And I was like, that's not what they're talking about. Your mind um, went your mind went sexy. <laughs> my mind went sexy. You know, I when just want to say, like, not. like listeners, we did not intend to be like, here's how you can make boring self-care sexy again. But it really feels like <laughs> that is now the trajectory that we're on. And we're committed. <laughs> So strap it. We're bringing <laughs> sexy back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boring self-care. This is how we act. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're being both JT and Timbaland in that little riff that you did. That's great. Also, just to be clear, all like riffing aside, this podcast does not support Justin Timberlake. It does support Janet Jackson. <laughs> yes. We have no strong feelings about Timberland. Mm-mm. But we do like Timberlands. We do. And actually, now that you say it, I do kind of have a fondness for Timberland. He seems like this like really sort of kind, lovable human. Uh, I have no idea if that's true. None at all. And, <laughs> and listeners, if you know that Timberland is in fact not a nice, kind, warm human, I don't need to know that. 
<laughs> I I enjoy my headcanon reality where Timbaland is kind of like an oversized teddy bear. <laughs> that seems probably unlikely. It it yes. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Right. Bath bathhouses. Bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Um I I love in Spirited Away, that it is centered around this bathhouse, and that all of these, if if you've never seen this film, I, listeners, I cannot recommend this enough because it is so fucking bizarre. It really It is like watching a fever dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luris and I rewatched it, and we, we were just texting back and forth. I, th- I think you had the best of the night which was that that young and joseph campbell would have been delighted by miyazaki spirited away yeah they would have there's so much weird <laughs> unconscious stuff mm-hmm. there's so many random weird art just so much random off the wall shit i mean there's no yeah. horse ears wait no there probably <laughs> are i'm sure there are horse ears i take all that no, back. i don't think there's any horses there's there's pigs yeah, but I meant like horse ears. Like I'm sure there's like a spirit in there using the bathhouse that has have like a vaguely oh, equine ear sure. situation. Yeah, um, that's possible. For those of you who are like Larissa, why are you bringing up horse ears? Let me tell you, that was a deep cut um, because the captain just recently finished reading the fourth book in um, Joseph Campbell's Masks of the Gods series. And apparently (laughs) in the fourth book, he has a very long sort of aside about horse ears. (laughs) Or someone who turns into a horse. How does it go? Oh, I don't remember. I took the picture and sent it to you. And then I was like, let's just start skimming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's real. That's real. Yeah, but while while we're talking about um, with age comes wisdom and experience, all of the patrons of the bathhouse are spirits. Mm-hmm. And and these ancient spirits, what do they know they need? A fucking bath. Oh, that is so true. Right? Yeah. They're like, I need pampering. I spend all day, every day, being the spirit of this river. <laughs> trying to keep it clean, save little girls that fall off the shore. Mm-hmm. Like, I need yeah. some me time. I need to go to the bathhouse and have some some delicious food and a and a bath with a with a delightful bath bomb in it. Right. There's all kinds of bath bombs. What is it like the herbal essences one? Mhm. Not the shampoo, Wait, friends. No, that's a shampoo. <laughs> it is, but I think I think they call it like the herbal essence or something. Well, it's herbal something. Herbal something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But people who know what they need recognize pampering is important, and not to put too fine a point on it, but a bath saved the life of that one river spirit because that one river spirit. He showed up. This is, it's a spoiler if you've never seen it. Is he but the, it's so the, confusing. The smelly, the smelly one? The stink, the stink spirit. The stink but he was spirit. in fact not a stink spirit. He was just a river spirit who had become polluted. That's right. And then he, mm-hmm. he goes off and it looks like he's a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. 
night, and then Chihiro gets that like special but foul tasting medicine from him. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that self care saved saved him, made him himself again. It really did. The other thing that I want to kind of highlight here too, because I I got thinking on this when you were saying that like self care can be very. Um, like country specific or culturally specific. Mm -hmm. I think, I think in America there is this idea that like we like gendered bathing where it's like only, Oh yeah. Only the women need to bathe, (laughs) which is like absurd just on, on every single level. And, and so it is really lovely that in the Witcher, which Mm -hmm. was created not by Americans, but by the Poles, um, Mm. and then spirited away, which is a Japanese film like bathing has n- has nothing to do with gender. No, because it doesn't no, a... have anything no. to do with gender. I was going to transition us out, but if you have more to say about bathing, well, you, you... <laughs> yes, I have one final thing to say about bathing, <laughs> bringing us back to where we are, which is this idea of how can you how can you sex up your boring self care. Um, Geralt obviously is a great example of how you can do that. Um, I don't know if like Spirited Away offers a lot of that, but it does. It offers both of them offer things that you can do to like amp up the bathing. So it's not just like, you know, Mm, another day, another mm -hmm. shower with some yellow dial soap, right? Nothing that's not going to spark any kind of joy. That's it's going to get the job done. You'll be clean. Um, But but really, to stick with boring self-care, especially in the months of February and March, you need, you need to add a little sparkle to it. So maybe it's a bath bomb. Maybe mm-hmm. it's that you like listen to your favorite podcast while you're in the bath. Maybe it's that you buy some like really expensive British soap that you use when you take a shower. Mm-hmm. Go crazy. Yeah. Get creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the way that works for you. Yes. So, you know, we're talking about some possible commodification. And mm. so be mindful of what is available to you. You know, if if very expensive European soap, soap is not possible for you. True. That's what, a good point. What, what is? Like, yeah, podcast. This podcast is free. <laughs> That's right, friends. This is just provided from us to you from love. Um, Yeah, no, it is. And the other thing that I'm thinking about too, like, I know, well, who knows if there's actually any research to back this up. It seems not. I've kind of, I've done a bit of a deep dive into this like new thing or thing that's new again, this resurgence of taking a cold shower. Oh God, no. And here's, and here's the thing, listeners, if, if you love a good cold shower, if that does it for you, if it wakes you up in the morning... I support you fully. Um, That's not my truth. My truth is (laughs) that I like it as hot and steamy as it can possibly get. And and as long as you have access to running clean water, which I appreciate is not all of us, and uh, if you have access to that, you can really lean into either a hot shower or a really, really cold shower as a way (laughs) to... I, I know, but... My my sick body is so <laughs> averse to that right now. It was visceral. That's totally fair. <laughs> the point is, like, 
lean into like all types of ways to make the self-care activity, in this case, bathing, feel more like a gift that you're giving yourself. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I was just going to pull us like back a little bit because we Mm -hmm. kind of like honed in on the bath, which makes sense (laughs) with the, you know, bring in sexy bath. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's our Uh, hashtag for sure. So we really zoomed in on the bath. Um, But I think it's probably useful for our listeners for us to talk a little bit about other boring self-care items. For, for the person that's like, okay, well, I'm never going to take a bath. So what else you got for me? Well, let's bring up something that I think is very pertinent to this particular episode, which is conversing with your doctor. Oh, Bones makes things so hard. He does. He does, man. And while, while I appreciate, well, no, I do. I do appreciate what Bones brings to the medical profession. One of the things that I think we can all admit, I think even Bones would admit this, that he does not bring to the medical profession is uh, tender, loving care. Mm. Mm Hmm. Even his jokes have kind of a jagged edge to them. And while that might be pleasant when you're in the middle of a hollow novel or, you know, you're fencing Um, or wrestling, or frankly, whatever you do, sir, in the Starship Gymnasium. Um, When we're sick, when we're feeling physically depleted, we're feeling very vulnerable, both emotionally and physically. Mm -hmm. And, And for many of us, when we're feeling vulnerable, asking for help can feel scary. Um, Because even for those folks who by some genuine miracle had a really lovely and loving childhood. And if you did, that's great. I'm very glad that you had that experience, but even for folks who were lucky enough to have that experience, Mm -hmm. we've all had times in our lives where we've asked for help and we haven't gotten it or even worse. We haven't gotten it, but we, what we have gotten was maybe, um, cruelty, or insults, mm. or just kind of a dismissive shrug. Mm-hmm. And so that can make it like even harder when we're feeling sick to reach out and ask for help because the brain does what it does. It pulls up kind of previous experiences. And if really any of those experiences were negative, when we're feeling vulnerable, we're going to like really take a second pass to be like, oh, can I do this? Can I call my doctor? Or is this going to be one of those negative times. Mhm. Yeah, and I think this can be especially hard for any folks who have been marginalized in any way. So basically anyone who that who did not come up in the world presenting as a cishet white male um to be taken seriously by a doctor. Um and actually even if one is a cishet white male, if that person was a person of size, that person probably wasn't taken seriously either. Because right. unfortunately, um, the, and there are some doctors that I love. Right. Let's I've be seen, clear. There are, some, yeah. there are some wonderful doctors out there. Maybe some of you mm-hmm. listening right now are a doctor and you're like, what the F, Kirk and Spock? I'm working really <laughs> hard out there for my patients. 
Um, mm-hmm. And you are, right? And here's the other thing that I just want to like briefly call attention to. It is very hard to be a doctor in America because of our insurance system. Mm -hmm. It makes it very, very hard for doctors to give quality care. They have between 10 to 20 minutes per patient. They're seeing between, what, 40 and 80 to maybe 100 a day, depending on, like, what facility they work at. Jesus Christ. And not only that, though, for the 10 to 20 minutes they do have FaceTiming with, like, the patient IRL, they have to be writing their clinical note. Whew. It's not great. It is a system that creates this experience where doctors feel frustrated a lot of the time and patients feel like they're not really being heard a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Oof. And yet, when we're sick, we do need to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So if you are a patient, well, here's the thing. We're all patients at some point. This is going to apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the captain and I have learned are quite helpful when you need to ask a doctor for help is to first phone a friend. <laughs> um, yes, I do this regularly. Um, ever since I got my diagnosis of asthma, I feel quite fortunate um, that Spock <laughs> preceded me by multiple years in her asthma diagnosis. So I will... Uh, I will send notes that say, hey, is this normal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to which you respond, no. 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 <laughs> I'm like, no, tell me more. Right? And it's, it's very helpful to have a friend who you can kind of go back and forth and start to basic. Because what you're basically doing is first, you're phoning a friend that you trust to like validate that, hey, you're sick and this is really hard right now. Mm-hmm. And the second thing you're doing is that you're basically creating a rough draft that you're going to then revise with your friend of what you're going to communicate to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Because due to the constraints of our current medical system, all the doctors can really handle are bite-sized pieces of information. Mm -hmm. So if I get on the phone and I call my doctor and I'm like, you know, I've just, I've been having, I've been having a hard time. I haven't been sleeping and... Sometimes I have hot sweats and I think we have a fever, but I'm not sure. And I've had a cough. I'm not sure how long. It's kind of productive. And, and I continue like that. Mm-hmm. That doctor, that nurse, that person on the phone tree who's taking down my message, they are not going to know first what I'm saying, let alone how to help me. Mm-hmm. But if I can call and I can give them a bullet list of I have been struggling with symptoms for the last X period of time, so last like five days, I have had a fever and this is what it was. Uh, here's how things have gotten worse. This is the cough. This is the frequency. If it's productive, then you need to tell them, you need to describe how productive it's been. And I do mean you need to be looking at the phlegm and then you got to describe mm-hmm. it for them. Because fun. fun. None of this is fun, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. If you can give the doctor these kinds of facts, that best allows them to do what they do best, which is to diagnose. I appreciate that you talked a little bit about the systemic issues that doctors struggle with, because I, it, it's similar to in family therapy, we 
tend to do something called a genogram. Mm -hmm. Um, And for folks who aren't familiar, this is basically a therapy family tree where we, you know, we sketch out your family and information about each person, including like some stuff about their emotional life. Right. And as we look back at the tree, we can see like, oh, you know, I've been dealing with, let's say, um, disordered eating my whole Mm. life. And then we look back at mom and, oh, hey, mom dealt with disordered eating. And you look back at grandma. Oh, grandma dealt with disordered eating. Well, of course I do. How could I not look at this tree? And as you were talking about the systems that doctors are in, I was, I couldn't help but think about that, that, you know, the doctors are impacted by the system that they're in. And then it comes down to us next level of the tree, Mm -hmm. or maybe we're two levels down on the tree. By the time it gets to us, it's just like everything's kind of fucked up. And it's not, and the purpose of the genogram is not to excuse anyone's behavior. It's just to have more patience in understanding where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not going to excuse my doctor being a dick if my doctor were a dick, which my doctor is actually lovely. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but I would have in some case in case Kirk's doctor's listening, you're great. <laughs> keep keep on doing what you're doing. I I got to tell you, last time I went in to see uh, my pulmonologist, he said, "Hey, how's the podcast?" And I was like, "You know what? What you are a good doctor." Oh my god, did he really say that? He, yeah, he's like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? You you've been podcasting, right?" Yeah, Aww. and like, I don't care whether he remembered that. Or he had it in my chart and he reflected on it. Mm-hmm. The fact that he brought it up at all, I was like, I trust you. You're a good person. That's beautiful. And like, let this be a message to all of us that it doesn't take that much for other people to feel seen. Oh, that's so true. That's so And especially true. in those situations where we feel most vulnerable... Like, I don't I don't want to go in to see the pulmonologist, not because I don't like him, but because it freaks me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the health of my lungs, which are like some of the most important organs we have in here. And so for him to be like, hey, how's the podcast? And for me to say, really good. We're doing a book now. And him being like, cool. I felt a lot safer having him entrusting him with these sacks of flesh that keep me alive. You know, this reminds me of the narrative, narrative therapy, the narrative therapies idea of unique outcomes. Oh, right. Because exceptions, exceptions, Mm -hmm. exceptions to, um, kind of like exceptions to a history of negative or neutral to negative experiences. Right. Mm hmm. Um, that this relationship, this experience you had with your doctor is your current pulmonologist is very unique Mm -hmm. and it sounds like it's very positive. It's restorative and highlighting a unique outcome can do a lot of things for us. But I think in this instance and in this example, one of the things that it can do is it helps us to remember that it is possible to get help from a doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's figuring out kind of how to stay the course. And how to kind of keep looking 
until you find that doctor who cares enough mm -hmm. to make a note about what you do and then go back and look at that note so they can casually ask you about it when they see you in six Yeah. And, you know, I do think he may, he may have remembered. At least he remembered me mm -hmm. because um, he mentioned some – uh, he was like, well, here are all the things we can try in your treatment plan for your lungs. And he's like, one of the options is cognitive behavioral therapy. And he's like, but I remember that I brought that up last time. And you <laughs> and you almost walked out. So I was like, you do remember me. So it was, it was great to have a, a doctor I felt actually knew who I was. And the couple of doctors I have right now, I do feel like they know who I am. And I have absolutely had doctors in the past who I felt like they did not. Like, every time I came in, they were like, you're new. Not that they said that. But, you know, it was like every time it was... You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's take a look at your chart. What have we tried before? Like, ugh. You know, Lots I'll of stuff. I'll say this for Bones. He certainly knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could not say he doesn't. No, I could not. I could not. He does not get me confused with Savic. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know that we in our culture give enough voice to going to the doctor being boring self-care. I don't think so. I think we still have, and maybe that's a holdover from like the rooted like Puritanism in this country where it's like, where, where getting ill was a morality issue. It was like you had the devil uh, inside you, right? Oh, God, that is still so real. It, right. It's still so with us. And the, then the other mm -hmm. thing you pair with it, too, is that, like, you know, a lot of the people who originally immigrated to this country were very poor. And when you're very poor, you don't have the money to go to a doctor. So the message is often from parent to child and parent to teen, suck it up and wait it out because we can't afford to take you in to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And yet, going to the doctor, much less going to the dentist, it's such, a, it's such an integral part of caring for our physical self. Which is important. We need mm -hmm. to take care of our physical self because yes. we are fully integrated creatures. What's happening with our brain impacts our body and what's happening with our body impacts our brain. Very well said. And we sometimes don't, notice how much we're sort of enduring or putting up with until we get to a breaking point and then we're like oh oh wow you mean it could be like this mm -hmm. i could i had no idea how much energy was mm -hmm. going to distracting myself from this physical pain mm -hmm. oh i i have a number of examples of that <laughs> But most recently, um, seeing this new pulmonologist and getting on an assortment of asthma medications and being like, oh, wow, I can take a cycling class and, like, not just collapse into a puddle. Like, I'm breath – I'm – I lose my breath in that I am doing some intense cardiovascular activity, mm -hmm. but I am not – 
huffing and puffing and coughing and collapsing. Right. And wow, neat. Is this how people feel? <laughs> how people, it's how people can feel. And I don't want to get too far down this road. I'm just going to like name it to call attention to it because we are going to have a pod at some point in the future that really kind of like takes a deep dive into insurance. But mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons that it is so important for people to have access to quality insurance for all of us to have quality mm-hmm. insurance because access to medical care is something that we all need. It is not a moral issue. It should not be an issue of um, how much money you make, how often you work, um, your social class, your gender presentation, your particular cultural or ethnic uh, background. Good medical care, quality medical care is something that we all need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw you get on your high horse I know. just then. I did, and then I was like, I will get down off my high horse. <laughs> because I promised the captain that we would talk about this in a different episode. <laughs> well, because we're, we're planning a whole episode all about... All about... Insurance, because mm-hmm. it's something that causes a lot of people distress. Yeah, and specifically kind of the way we sort of did a sum up of how you can advocate for yourself with your doctor and what are things mm-hmm. you can do to like communicate your symptoms most efficiently, efficiently and with the highest likelihood of getting the care that you need, considering the constraints of the system. There are things that you can do in working with insurance that increase the likelihood of getting the coverage that you want and need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we'll leave yeah. it there. We'll leave it there. We'll just put a, <laughs> put a little pin in that. Before we close out, just want to touch on a couple of things. So we we talked about the the importance of assorted boring self care activities, eating food. Uh, we didn't name it, but drinking water, please hydrate. Um, I saw a, a, an amazing meme not all that long ago that said that humans are just plants with anxiety. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is so beautiful like we just we need we we need water and sunlight mm-hmm. um so we're eating we're drinking water we're moving our bodies we're getting sleep we're doing some shit that feels meaningful mm-hmm. um and i invite you to do shit even when it's gonna make you seem silly or look silly if you know that it's best for you. So mm. we talked about like if you're gonna if you're gonna take a bath as a a man in this culture, people might have something to say about it. Fuck those guys. <laughs> and I can see now that you know where I'm headed, and I'm just gonna hand I'm just gonna hand this over to you for how you are embracing boring self care that other people are having feelings about when they pass you on the street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it makes a kind of sense. And without further ado, um, so I have started wearing a mask when I go into the city in which I work. It's this, <laughs> I, it's this mask from this company called 
I'm going to mispronounce it because that's what I do. Aranum, <laughs> a link will be in the liner notes. If those of you are familiar with the DJ Alan Walker, um, he wears this mask. And um, I believe he's somehow affiliated with a company that I don't exactly know how. It's a paid sponsorship. So Alan oh. works with them. Mm -hmm. holler, holler at us, Aranum. There we go. Um, we promise we'll learn how to pronounce your name correctly. Uh, <laughs> and this mask has like, it's a cloth mask and it has little filters inside it. And it's supposed, it is designed to help humans who have sensitive airways like myself deal with um, allergies and pollution and shifting air temperatures. And, you know, despite the fact that it took a long time to get here, which makes sense, it came on a boat. They make them in Europe. I don't believe there's an American provider, which... They're not overly expensive. It's just <clears throat> it takes time for them to get to you. <laughs> but be that as it may, now that I have it, it is it is very, very helpful. Um, it does seem to frighten people because when I have it on, I do look like Darth Sidious maybe or like Kylo <laughs> Ren when he had like the lower half of his mask is his, ma his like helmet contraption is this mask. Mm -hmm. So I do look a little intimidating, um, but it's all in the name of health. And actually, now that I've embraced it, it's kind of starting to feel like it's, uh, is it cosplay or is it real life? So I can kind of like pretend when I'm out oh. on the streets that I am Sith Lord, which is kind of fun. That is fun. Um, yes, there, there's a game uh, that Larissa and I play when we go to conventions. It's cosplay or every day. There as we go. we try and guess whether somebody's in cosplay or if this is just how they dress every day. And we never know the answer. It's just fun to play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I saw you on the street and I didn't know who you were, I would definitely be doing cosplayer every day. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, whether you want to take a bath or wear a, a Sith mask mm -hmm. or a, uh, a hydrating mask... <laughs> I do love where you took it though. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like we're allowed to do shit that's just for us. And if other people think it's weird, that's okay. You know? Like we're this is about our own well being and if other people can't get with it, that that's okay. They they don't need to understand everything we're doing. And we can just tell them, hey, this is, hey man, it's my boring self-care. What's yours? That's right. We can verbalize to normalize. Oh. I, I'm so glad that my words are continuing. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, they, they continue out long past this podcast into the great unknown. Hmm. Wonderful. Uh, any, anything else that we, we didn't get to that we wanted to get to today? No, honestly, I think we got through everything. And that is, I mean, mad props to you because you, I mean, I think that probably our listeners picked it up, but you are legitimately sick. So <laughs> well done, Captain. Thank you. <laughs> um, and also props for calling your doctor earlier today. It's a hard thing to do, but you are being mm -hmm. the change that we all strive to see in this world. No, thank you. I haven't heard back from my doctor. 
No, but remember I said that's why you call them now because then you give them time to putz around and futz and then hopefully mm -hmm. they'll call you, you know, around three o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> this is the other reason why, and I'm sharing it with all of our listeners here. I, we, I know the doctors are like, wait seven to 10 days. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, but if you have some type of like chronic condition that's going to like complicate things like a cold, like if you have asthma and then you get a cold or I don't know, you have like diabetes and you get a cold, like really any other medical condition plus cold means that your body is going to have a harder time fighting its off, fighting it off all on its, all on its onesie. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say like split the seven to 10 roughly in half, watch yourself through four to five. And then when you call your doctor, round up the days. Because here's the thing, <laughs> by the time they get back to you, it's probably going to be day six or seven. And if you wait to call until you're at day six or seven, you're not going to hear from them until like eight or nine. And by then, things could be really bad. By then, I'm on my way to Chicago. Right. And then you're on a plane and there's nothing worse than being ill on a plane. I mean, there are worse things, but that's pretty bad. Well, yeah. And you don't want to be that guy. The guy that's hacking on the plane. <laughs> no, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy who tips his seat back, their mm. seat back, you know? And you also don't want to be that person who's rude to that family whose kid is crying because they're not happy. The kid's not happy. They're doing the best they can. Yeah. And that's, that's another opportunity to do a mental genogram. What, is, what has this family been through? Right. And, and practice some self-care. What do you need in that moment to help you get through the crying baby? Because as you extend that compassion to yourself, you will then be able to give that gift to them. Oh, beautiful. All right. Um, it, I feel like you already offered gems. I feel like you did too. So let's mm -hmm. do what we do. And uh, I'll talk about just our random terms that we talked about today. This is Great. the first ep in a long time where we did not talk about IFS at all. Wow. I know. That's... So, then, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. Um, but we talked about self-care, self-compassion, the genogram, and family systems therapy. And then in mm -hmm. terms of our fandoms, we kept it like pretty, pretty concise for us. Mm -hmm. So we did The Witcher, <laughs> Spirited Away, and then, you know, OG Star Trek. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how we roll. And I mentioned the Lego movie. That's true. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicap Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. We support you and your expensive British soap. Join us for our next ep on Picard, Journeys Through the Self. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find out about our podcast um, and lets them know that we're good. If you like us, will you stop by and give us a rating of stars? Also, be sure to tell your friends and ask them to stop by and give us a rating of stars. And as always, live long and, and prosper. prosper.